From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up on this Monday edition, the Olympics are underway, and despite the efforts of the Chinese Communist Party and corporate America, it appears that China's efforts to whitewash their egregious human rights record may not be succeeding. We'll talk with New Jersey Congressman Chris Smith, a ranking member on the Congressional Executive Commission on China. Speaking of corporate America and their complicity with the Chinese Communist Party, NBC refused to air this ad during the opening of the Olympics. What can we do? Stand for freedom. Defund the dictators. When you see made in China, put it down. You might recognize the voice and face on that ad. Florida Congressman Mike Waltz, a frequent guest here on Washington Watch. He created the ad to draw attention to China's atrocious human rights record. I'll play the rest of the ad for you later as Congressman Waltz joins us. You don't want to miss that interview. Some wonder if it's by design. There are so many crises created by the policies of the Biden administration that, quite frankly, it's hard to focus on any one of them in particular. The heavy-handed COVID-19 mandates have taken attention away from the lax policies at the border that has led to almost 2 million arrests at our southern border in 2021. Many of these migrants entering the country illegally were released after arrest into the country. How does that make sense? Arkansas Senator John Bozeman was, uh, has been at the border, and he joins us a little bit later. You might recall when Dr. Tony Fauci, Mr. Science, was asked about natural immunity and how that should factor into vaccine mandates. Well, Dr. Fauci replied this way. I think that is something that we need to sit down and discuss seriously because you very appropriately pointed out it is an issue and there could be an argument for saying what you said. Well, we're still waiting for Mr. Fauci to sit down and look at the topic. But in the meantime, others have done the work for him. Dr. Marty McCary, professor at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine and others have studied it. And uh, Dr. McCary will be here later to share their findings. From our two-year Bible reading plan, Stand on the Word, today's verse comes from Exodus chapter 4, it's verse 11. So the Lord said to him, Moses, who has made man's mouth, or who makes the mute, who makes the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I, the Lord? When the Lord called us to serve, when he calls us to serve him, there are no good excuses as to why we can't. I invite you to join us on this journey through the Bible. To find out more, go to frc.org slash Bible. Well, the 2022 Winter Olympics are underway in Beijing right now. And while the record low ratings for NBC's primetime opening coverage on Thursday suggests a large disinterest in the games, there has been a growing attention on the human rights abuses of the Chinese Communist Party, something that even NBC had to acknowledge, though the network later sounded more like the mouthpiece for the CCP. Yeah, it's worth remembering that while Western countries may be boycotting these Olympics over human rights issues, China styles itself as a champion of the developing world. And it has plenty of support in countries from Africa to Latin America, where its investments are building up local economies. Yes, but those investment building up local economies 
through their Belt and Roads Initiative come with strings, as some countries are now finding out. Well, throughout this week, we're going to devote a segment each day to highlight the human rights abuses of the Chinese Communist Party. We're calling it Human Rights on Ice. And by the way, YouTube has uh, taken down part of our program from Friday, where we discussed the Olympics, and I'm sure this program may disappear as well. The reason the International Olympic Committee did not give us permission to use footage of the Olympic coverage. I'm sure if we made excuses for China's human rights abuses, as the IOC and NBC have done, there would not be a problem. But I can assure you, we will not turn a blind, we will not turn a blind eye to the persecution that is taking place of Christians and others in China. Here to kick off our discussion on what's going on in China is Congressman Chris Smith, ranking member of the Congressional Executive Commission on China, co-chair of the Tom Lantos Human Rights Commission, senior member of the House Committee on Foreign Affairs, and ranking member on the Subcommittee on Africa Global Health, Global Human Rights, and International Organizations. He represents the 4th Congressional District of New Jersey. Congressman Smith, welcome back to the program. Tony, thank you so very much for having me on and for, again, your great work that you do at FRC. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, Chris, you are Congress's foremost expert on international human rights and religious freedom abuses. You've been doing this for decades. You have been visiting China to meet with Christians there as far back as the 1990s. How would you describe the direction that China has been going over the last few decades? Well, it, after Tiananmen Square, there was an opportunity that was unfortunately fumbled uh, by the, our government and especially by Bill Clinton uh, when he delinked most favored nation status from human rights. And the China, that was May 26, 1994. And what the Chinese dictatorship, uh, the Chinese Communist Party did was then pay lip service to, oh, we don't have any human rights abuses. Uh, and to look us and the rest of the world in the eye and say, all you care about is profits. And uh, I care about profits, but with conditions. And those conditions have been completely eviscerated uh, by administration after administration, especially during the Obama years, uh, among the worst. And now we have this dictator, Xi Jinping, uh, who thinks he's the reincarnation, I say that with you know, quotation marks, of Mao Zedong. Uh, he is brutal. He shows absolutely no mercy. He has designs on other countries throughout the world, especially in the region. He's building up a military that is soon to be second to none, nuclear capability. And all of it, in one way or another, came from us. And the human rights uh, abuses, whether it be the genocide against the Uyghurs, the, as you know, because you worked so well on the, on the uh, Religious Freedom Commission as one of the commissioners, uh, the crushing of all faiths. The sinitization making every faith comport itself to Xi Jinping's ideology, which is anti-God and anti-person, anti-human being. Uh, they are doing everything at the barrel of a gun uh, through torture. Torture, I've had hearings, I've chaired 75 congressional hearings on human rights abuses in China. One of them on the Olympics last March, again, asking this administration move to have the venue changed. This is the 1936 Olympics, Tony, uh, uh, all over again with the Nazis. Uh, and even the torchbearer, you know, they, they have a weaker woman who we haven't heard from lately uh, because she didn't do very well in her event, uh, just showcasing like somehow the Uyghurs are accepted. Xi Jinping is committing genocide against them, completely trying to wipe them off the face of the earth 
or change them so completely to forced abortion of their children, uh, the concentration camps, uh, and of course, all of the other uh, tortures that are being visited upon them. It's, it's, it's unprecedented uh, in modern times in a way, but it harkens back to uh, other genocides like done, that done by the Nazis. Well, Congressman Smith, to the credit of the Biden administration, they have uh, they did do a diplomatic boycott of the uh, Olympics. I'm with you. I think the IOC should have moved to another venue and not given China this distinction of holding both the summer and the Winter Olympics in Beijing and being able to whitewash their image. But you made a reference back to the most favored nation status when it came to trade. And I remember, and there's there's a benefit of longevity because, you know, the media doesn't uh, go back and report things that, um, you know, happened 10 or 15, 20 years ago that's not favorable uh, toward the ideology and the worldview they're pushing. But we heard from corporate America that we just needed to welcome China into the Western world, do business with them, and we will change them. Well, you know, it appears to me, Congressman Smith, that it wasn't corporate America that helped change China, but China has changed corporate America. Oh, that's an excellent point. Um, you know, corporate America has pandered, kowtowed in order to gain access to the market and to retain it over time to make huge profits. Uh, the labor pool in China uh, has no basic protections uh, around them. They have some, but not anything that would even come close to our workplace protections. They don't pay them very much. Uh, and uh, so there's, there's, a, there's an exploitation. They don't allow labor unions, whether you like them or not. In a place like China, uh, they are desperately needed because the state runs everything. Uh, and these corporations just become compliant. And, and they're doing it. We're seeing it with the, the, with the Olympics. Money being made, maybe it won't be as much as they thought, but they'll keep their market access because they were willing to uh, say, yes, my liege, uh, whatever Xi Jinping wants, uh, they are ready to do. I asked at one of our hearings, uh, Coca-Cola and some of the other uh, participants, um, what do you have to say about the genocide? You know, as all of this is happening in Beijing, uh, particularly with the opening ceremonies, people are being tortured horribly. What do you have to say? They wouldn't say anything. Coca-Cola, which did all that, that virtual signaling about the, the, uh, uh, the uh, voter law in Georgia, and I'm a believer that you need a, a photo ID to ensure that the uh, franchise of voting, which is very sacred, is honest and fair, and you are who you say you are. What is wrong with that? And yet when it comes to a massive genocide, the horrible imposition of, of martial law around the country, but, but the way they've mistreated the Hong Kongers, uh, and I'm the author of the Hong Kong Human Rights Democracy Act that passed the House, Marco Rubio over on the Senate, uh, and we're saying, you know, all those promises made are gone. Hong Kong has been crushed. Taiwan is probably next. Uh, and yet these corporate corporations are complicit, shamefully, uh, in all of this. You know, I had a hearing, Tony, you might recall, back in 2005, um, with IBM, Cisco, Microsoft, and Yahoo. Got an eight-hour hearing. I swore them in because I wanted to make sure we, you know, they were under oath uh, and asked them all about how uh, they could be censoring the Chinese people and working with the ubiquitous secret police uh, to crush people in their everyday lives, particularly the human rights and religious freedom advocates. Uh, they just basically said, we're following orders. We're just following Chinese law made by the Chinese Communist Party. And uh, people went to prison because of what they did. 
were tortured and worse, even died. Uh, I, I opened up by talking about IBM and the Holocaust, a book that I had read uh, that talked about how IBM worked very closely with the Gestapo. And I said, there are parallels, real mm. parallels. You know, do be involved there, but be involved with conditionality. And the U.S. government has failed miserably on that. And you said it right. Um, they're changing the corporations. They've changed the U.S. government. Uh, and that is, you know, to a very large extent uh, with many administrations. But I think Clinton was the worst. Uh, just about a minute left, uh, Congressman Smith. But you also were the uh, the Republican sponsor of the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act, yes. which did pass Congress. But corporate America actually opposed that. So you had to fight against corporations to actually get this measure through. No, that's very, very important uh, to note. And added to that, the administration, by many accounts, did not want it, did not want to sign it. Then they embraced it. Now I'm holding my breath, frankly, waiting for them to implement it aggressively. You know, what it does is say there's a presumption that anything that comes out of Xinjiang, which is the region where the Uyghurs are, the Muslims, and where they're committing genocide, it's presumed that the presumption is it's made with gulag labor, slave labor, uh, not the other way around. If a company can prove that it wasn't, then that can come in and there's no import ban. Uh, I'm going to be introducing a new bill very shortly uh, that goes back to the old significant progress in human rights, uh, or they don't have the equivalent of most favored nation status, so huge tariffs would be added to their to their products. They're an export economy. We have right. real leverage. Let's use it. Congressman Chris Smith, uh, let me again thank you for your leadership on behalf of human rights and persecuted minorities and Christians around the world. We're grateful for your leadership and appreciate you joining us today. Thank you for the privilege of being on. Thank you, Tony. All right, folks, coming up next, the Biden administration is releasing large numbers of single adult illegal immigrants into communities across America. And not only that, but the TSA is also allowing illegal immigrants to use arrest warrants of, as valid forms of ID. Can't make this stuff up. Senator Bozeman is joining us next. Are you struggling to spend consistent time in God's word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading with an intentional focus of diving deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues. By studying the Bible, we can see the grandeur of God unfold throughout the past. The Stand on the Word reading plan takes you through daily scripture in an engaging manner to help you stay grounded in God's truth. All wisdom comes from God, and he has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you every Sunday with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org Bible. With the current division and confusion of our culture, it is so important for Christians to root ourselves in the truth of God's word so that we are prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have. For this purpose, Family Research Council launched the Center for Biblical Worldview. The center applies the Bible and the historical teachings of the church to current issues. This helps Christians understand and live by a biblical worldview, know why scripture must be authoritative, and equips believers to advance and defend the faith in workplaces, schools, communities, and the public square. The experts at the center address and provide resources on issues like religious liberty, abortion, voting, 
marriage, and sexuality. To access free resources like the Biblical Worldview series, go to frc.org worldview. To get highlights of the latest work of the Worldview Fellows, including blogs, interviews, and publications, sign up at frc.org subscriptions. At Family Research Council, it is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, we've decided to be proactive to make sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. That is why we've created a tech subscription platform. If we get canceled, you can stay informed and still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts, and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742, and you will get special alerts on the biggest stories of the day. You can stay informed with just a simple text. We want you to be able to stay connected with like-minded community and to always have access to our content. Stay connected and informed. Just text STAND to 67742. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. The website, TonyPerkins.com. By now, you've probably read about or seen footage of Immigration and Custom Enforcement, ICE, releasing large numbers of single adult illegal immigrants into communities across America. After being processed in mass at makeshift border facilities, the illegal immigrants are being loaded onto planes and shuttled across the country for release under the cover of darkness. But guess what? This is all being done on taxpayer, taxpayer dollars. Well, last Thursday, Republicans in the Senate sent a letter to the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Morikas uh, regarding the movement of illegal immigrants from the border. Joining me now to, uh, to discuss this is one of those senators, U.S. Senator John Bozeman of Arkansas. Senator, welcome back to the program. Well, thank you for having me, Tony, as always. Appreciate the great work that you're doing. And the thing that we're, you know, we're actually discussing this. And then the other thing we can talk about is the idea of using identification based on your arrest warrant is absurd. Uh, but that's 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 it, it, that's crazy. That's I mean, the yeah, denominator that, that we're at right now. Yeah, that, that last point. I mean, that's incredible that you can use an arrest warrant for identification with TSA. I mean, what 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 is this? What's going on? Well, it is crazy. We're working with Marco Rubio. He was the one that was got the letter together concerning the idea that you're flying uh, illegal immigrants all over the country after the airports are shut down. You know, what's going on with that? Why are, you, why are we using taxpayer dollars for those kind of things? And then this latest deal, uh, as we're talking about, is the idea that you can use an arrest warrant. So we're talking to, to Marco about that. He's working on legislation. I think we're going to actually be introducing legislation that tells TSA, hey, you've got to use the, the, the traditional forms of identification that you use on everybody else uh, when working with this group. So it's crazy stuff. The numbers are staggering, but that's the situation that we're in. Yeah, I mean, this, all this is happening as we're seeing a record number of migrant arrests at the southern border. I mean, I mean we're, we're almost at two million arrests last year. I mean, this is, is record setting. This is all the result of the Biden policy. 
You're exactly right. And, and Tony, if we're arresting 1.9 to 2 million people, you can, you can count on hundreds of thousands of others that are crossing the border illegally that we simply don't know about. Our Border Patrol is doing a tremendous job. These are wonderful people that work so, so very hard, uh, but they simply can't do the job. They're overwhelmed. They're frustrated. Recently, the uh, secretary and the head of the Border Patrol did some town halls, and they said many of those wound up as yelling matches. The Border Patrol understands that what they're doing, what they're being tasked to do, is not in the best interest of their families, it's not in the best interest of uh, the American people or our country. Well, I'm not, I'm not big into sports, Senator, but uh, I did play football. And uh, so to use a football what analogy. What did you play? Uh, it, well, you know, believe it or not, I played center and nose guard. Uh, but it, yeah, was, uh, right. it, it, it was a small I'm team. I'm an offensive lineman. I can... I can well, I mean, people look at me and I'm not too big. Uh, so, uh, but I had, it, the coach used to say it's the, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the fight in the oh, dog. And believe me, and I can put up a great you, fight. Knowing you, Tony, I think your ability was to smack people. Well, enjoy uh, doing. so let's talk about, there's a blitz and you leave some areas uncovered. And so when we have all of these illegal migrants coming across the country, it's basically a blitz where you're kind of you're having to cover the holes and you're just charging in. But what about the drugs? What about the human trafficking? What about these other issues that they're not able to catch because they're focused on what's happening there at the border with the illegal immigrants coming across? Well, there's the, the Border Patrol is simply overwhelmed and to the extent that they're having to do so many other jobs they're babysitting. They're, they're doing tremendous amounts of paperwork uh, in order to prevent, prevent really just a human uh, catastrophe there. So they're working so, so very hard. As they're doing that, then you're having other people sneak across the border that we're not accounting for. And you're right, the drug trafficking, 450 pounds of fentanyl last month, 11,000 pounds of meth, and the list goes on and on. And that's that's what was interdicted. So as we talked about, you know, if you're interdicting that much, if you're capturing that many people, arresting that many people, how much more is actually going through, uh, especially with the drugs, because they're they're dealing with this uh, regarding all of the things they, they shouldn't be doing right. uh, as opposed to arresting people. And the other and thing, Tony, is it's frustrating because the border is secure. If you're on the Mexican side, the cartels know exactly who's crossing the border, and they're getting a piece. They're getting a cut of the pie every time a person goes across. They're getting they're getting payment for that. So this is a tremendous source of income for the cartels, also, which is a bad situation. And you know, talking about the fentanyl that coming across the border, the illegal drugs. I mean, and we're also having record deaths as a result of fentanyl and, and other drugs. So, I mean, this, there, there are consequences beyond just the illegals coming into the country that the entire nation is facing as a result of the failed policies of the Biden administration. And the policies are such we're not going to we're not going to get this tamped down until the president more or less announces that the border's closed. The first right. thing he did when he was elected was was do all these executive orders that did just the opposite. So we need him to close the border. We need to we need to to build the gaps in the wall that are that's right. just sitting there. And the only reason he's not doing that is because Trump started it. 
Uh, the other 30 thing we, we just got 30 seconds left. I, oh, very quickly, you you have asked uh, Secretary Mayorkas, what, what specifically are you hoping that he will respond with? Well, I would like, again, I think the most critical thing are the remaining Mexico policy. That's critical. The courts are with us on that. That's, a, that's from us working hard to get people on the courts that actually interpret the law versus the other. And then, again, keeping the COVID policy so that you can keep people that are requesting amnesty in Mexico. Yeah. They're under a lot of pressure to do away with those, but, but those also are key. Senator Bozeman, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, coming on today. Well, we'll get together and talk about offensive line technique. Yeah, we will. We'll do that one day. We'll do that over dinner. <clears throat> Congressman John Bozeman of Arkansas. All right, coming up next, Mike Walsh. Waltz, Senate uh, Congressman from Florida, joins me on the other side of the break with a message that NBC and the International Olympic Committee don't want you to hear. You don't want to miss this. Stick around for more Washington Watch right on the other side of the break. What is religious liberty and why should you care about it? Simply put, religious liberty is the freedom to choose your religious beliefs and to live according to those beliefs. Why should we care about this freedom? At Family Research Council, we care about religious freedom because we believe that it is an inherent human right that all governments have an obligation to protect. Tragically, not all governments do. Religious persecution is a tragic reality around the world that is not often acknowledged by the media even though attacks on people of all faiths continue to increase globally. In scripture, God calls Christians to pray and care for the persecuted church, the downtrodden, and those who cannot help themselves. Therefore, we must be advocates for those persecuted for their faith. To access Family Research Council's latest resources and to learn more about religious freedom and what you can do to help the persecuted, go to frc.org slash religious liberty. Do you want to be able to stay up to date on conservative news? Are you looking for Christian resources to help you stay politically engaged? Then download Family Research Council's Stand Firm app. With all of our content available at your fingertips, you will conveniently be able to stay up to date throughout your busy day. The Stand Firm app will give you access to a variety of resources, such as our most recent episodes of Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, tweets, and other social media posts, and our latest blogs, updates, and publications. Additionally, you will have the opportunity to take action and make your voice heard by contacting your elected officials on the issues that most concern you. Visit the App Store on your smartphone or mobile device and search Stand Firm to download Family Research Council's official Stand Firm app. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. So good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Right, is corporate America complicit in the human rights abuses of communist China? Now, frankly, it's hard to see it any other way when you look at their actions. NBC rejected this well-produced and documented television commercial that was put together by Florida Congressman Mike Waltz. Watch it. The world's greatest athletic showcase. 
But just outside the show, rape, genocide, slave labor. American companies are drunk on Chinese dollars, entangled with communist dictators committing atrocities and propping up these genocide games staged by the Chinese Communist Party. And what can we do? Stand for freedom. Defund the dictators. When you see made in China, put it down. Servant Leadership Fund is responsible for the content of this advertising. So why did NBC reject this ad? Joining me now with the answer, Congressman Mike Waltz, a member of the House Armed Services Committee, ranking member on the Subcommittee on Readiness and a decorated Special Forces officer. He serves the 6th Congressional District of Florida. Mike, welcome back to the program. Hey, good to be with you, Tony. Thanks. Brilliant ad. Well done. So I've got to ask the question, why did NBC reject this ad? Well, it's interesting. We booked the airtime with no problem to run during the Olympics. But uh, when NBC actually saw the ad, uh, they came back and said, well, we're not necessarily rejecting it, but we just want you to change it a lot uh, and take out all the company logos and other material changes. So really, it was a a non-rejection rejection rejection, uh, and, and yet another form of censorship. And so yet NBC finds it okay to talk about the genocide that's ongoing, COVID, uh, the Tibetans, Hong Kong, all of the other abuses in a, in a kind of, you know, muted, uh, soft tone. But yet when when we have an ad with uh, Inez Cantor Freedom that really calls it out and calls these companies to task, uh, then suddenly uh, it can't be aired. Yeah. Well, they put it in the context of alleged allegations of uh, genocide yeah. and of, of abuse. Uh, but Look, the corporate logos. I mean, isn't that the point to call American corporations onto the carpet for propping up this communist regime? Well, that's right. And and all of these companies preach good governance, their ESG standards, you know, contribute tens of millions to social justice causes here in the United States. But when it comes to their profits abroad, uh, they totally turn a blind eye to the COVID cover up to a million Muslims, Tony, that are in concentration camps, persecuting Christians, uh, you know, forced organ harvesting. I mean, the list goes on and on of uh, just abuses under this dictatorship. Yet they totally turn a blind eye there. NBC is completely muted. And, uh, and we're going we're gonna to call them out for it. By the way, the IOC and for so many others who say, well, this is just about sports and we shouldn't politicize it. They didn't take that stance when it came to apartheid in South Africa for nearly 30 years. Uh, you know, they banned the Olympics there, banned the South African Olympic team. But yet, you know, don't do a thing or lift a finger or say a word when it comes to a mass genocide. I think the greatest since the Holocaust. And the only difference in South Africa and China is the amount of money uh, that's involved. Meanwhile, their military buildup continues. Uh, and it's not just a human rights issue, Tony. It's a national security issue. I don't want future soldiers and sailors facing Chinese ships and tanks that were funded directly and indirectly by American dollars. Enough's enough. And the theme of our ad was when you see made in China, put it down. It needs to be made in America. Uh, it's not just a national security issue. It's, it's, it's just a basic humanity issue. It is. And it's a national security issue. When, when I want to underscore that point, because not only are these corporations, Wall Street, 
uh, Hollywood and, uh, you know, some of these same corporations that want to uh, talk about social justice here at home have no problem with uh, genocide in China. But American consumers, and you make that point in this ad that we can be a part of this, of stopping it by simply, if it's made in China, put it down. Don't buy it. Well, you know, you're absolutely right. I don't trust these CEOs as far as I can throw them. Uh, They selectively get involved in causes. You see Airbnb is also supporting the boycott and divestiture movement against Israel, right? Uh, But yet it (laughs) <laughs> Yet they have they're actually uh, having houses in uh, in Xinjiang uh, where slavery is going on. Nike gets its cotton uh, from modern day slave run cotton fields that are that at the end of the barrel of the gun uh, of the Chinese Communist Party. Coca-Cola gets its sugar from there. I mean, it's just total hypocrisy. Uh, and we're going to do everything we can to call them out on it. But I think the American people have to start voting with their wallets. Uh, and that's the only way you're going to get these uh, corporate CEOs' attention. Yeah, absolutely. So what's next for the ad? NBC's turned it down. Uh, what do you do with it next? Well, I mean, the, the NBC you know, attempted censorship has actually just put the thing on, on steroids. It's gone viral on social media. Uh, a lot of folks are picking it up. And, Tony, I, w- I just got a note. Uh, from from one of my staff that was in a diner in North Florida. Uh, The person at the table next to her uh, asked that the Olympics be turned on, and the waitress said, we don't support genocide in this establishment. So the American people have a conscience. They know what's going on. Uh, And again, you know, we talk about defunding all kinds of things. The left wants to defund the police that's protecting our communities. Let's defund dictatorships. Let's defund... Uh, our greatest adversary. Uh, And that's my call to action. Again, you know, defund the dictators. When you see made in China, put it down. It needs to say made in America. Congressman Mike Waltz, well done. Uh, I commend you for uh, your leadership on this. You've been on this from the beginning and you've followed it through and I know you'll stay on it. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us today. All right. Thank you, Tony. All right, folks, stick with us. More Washington Watch on the other side of the break. You don't want to miss my next interview. Stick with us. Do you want to be able to stay up to date on conservative news? Are you looking for Christian resources to help you stay politically engaged? Then download Family Research Council's Stand Firm app. With all of our content available at your fingertips, you will conveniently be able to stay up to date throughout your busy day. The Stand Firm app will give you access to a variety of resources, such as our most recent episodes of Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, tweets and other social media posts, and our latest blogs, updates, and publications. Additionally, you will have the opportunity to take action and make your voice heard by contacting your elected officials on the issues that most concern you. Visit the App Store on your smartphone or mobile device and search Stand Firm to download Family Research Council's official Stand Firm app. What is religious liberty and why should you care about it? Simply put, religious liberty is the freedom to choose your religious beliefs and to live according to those beliefs. Why should we care about this freedom? At Family Research Council, we care about religious freedom because we believe that it is an inherent human right that all governments have an obligation to protect. 
Tragically, not all governments do. Religious persecution is a tragic reality around the world that is not often acknowledged by the media, even though attacks on people of all faiths continue to increase globally. In Scripture, God calls Christians to pray and care for the persecuted church, the downtrodden, and those who cannot help themselves. Therefore, we must be advocates for those persecuted for their faith. To access Family Research Council's latest resources and to learn more about religious freedom and what you can do to help the persecuted, go to frc.org slash religious liberty. Attention university students. Are you looking for an internship that will help you grow as a Christian leader and allow you to positively influence the culture? Then Family Research Council's internship program is for you. FRC's life-changing 12- to 15-week internship program will prepare and equip you for the next step in your professional journey. You'll enjoy a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training. All of these offerings were created to aid you in your personal and professional development. As an intern, you will have the opportunity to work side-by-side with our experts in policy, communications, event planning, and more. The real-world experience you gain will prepare you to pursue a career of influence and make a difference wherever God calls you. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. You're listening to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there at the website. Contact information for our guests. You can follow if you'd like more information about the topics that we cover. You can also email me, Tony at TonyPerkins.com. Love to hear from you. Over the past year, the Biden administration has been on an unrelenting crusade to get the COVID shot in the arms of every man, woman, and child in America all the while completely downplaying, if not ignoring, natural immunity. And even when confronted about it directly, administration officials have shrugged it off. Here's what the president's chief medical advisor had to say when last September he was asked about whether those who had COVID and recovered should still get the shot, even when natural immunity may provide better protection than vaccines alone. I think that is something that we need to sit down and discuss Seriously, because you very appropriately pointed out it is an issue and there could be an argument for saying what you said. Well, it's been about five months since that interview, and I'm still waiting for Mr. Fauci to sit down. Well, fortunately, medical experts have not waited for Mr. Fauci and his funding to look at natural immunity. A new study was published last Thursday that looks at this important aspect of fighting the COVID virus. Joining me now to talk about what he and his team found in this new study is Dr. Marty McCary, professor at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine and School of Public Health. Dr. McCary, welcome back to Washington Watch. Great to be with you again, Tony. All right, let's get straight to it. Can you tell us about your study and what you and your team found? Sure. Well, what we found is that if you had a positive COVID test in the past, then you had a 99.3% chance of having circulating antibodies against COVID. And those antibodies were present up to 20 months, nearly two years after the infection, because that's as long as the infection's been around. So what we found is that natural immunity is real. 
It was relatively stable over time, unlike uh, vaccinated-generated antibodies. And um, we also found that you can operationalize this by simply giving credit to those who had a positive COVID test in the past. That's what Israel's doing. That's what European countries are doing. Any scientist who's honest, who has retained their objectivity, is now recognizing natural immunity as a powerful form of immunity. We don't want people to try to get the infection, but if you had it and recovered, that is solid protection. And that's why we recommend zero, one, or um, maybe two vaccine doses in people with natural immunity, depending on their risk level. They need a booster. All right. So several questions for you, Dr. McCary. First off, isn't that kind of normal? I mean, when we look at a virus like this, do we not factor in natural immunity as a part of our approach to kind of boxing in that uh, virus? Every virus is different, but with most viruses, the immune system works to prevent reinfection. That's why the CDC's website says, don't get the chickenpox vaccine if you had chickenpox because you've got natural immunity. The other two coronaviruses that caused serious illness in humans besides COVID were SARS and MERS. Both gave long-term natural immunity when they were studied. So, I mean, I would think the default position would be let's take a look at this and see uh, if, in fact, it works. That way, we've got a limited amount of vaccines And if we know that those who've had it are going to have a certain level of protection based upon what we've seen in the past, we can use that limited supply to get to people who really need it and and are at a higher risk. Would that not be an appropriate approach? Well, that's that's the exact approach we should have taken and the approach many of us advocated for until we were blue in the face. I mean, I wrote um, almost 50 op-eds during this entire pandemic, and Many of them, you know, pleaded with public health officials to listen to other opinions. There was so much of a concentration of power. A small group of doctors in the government who are politically charged or appointed were making all the decisions, and they were like-minded, and they were not listening. That's the broader story. If they would have listened to us about natural immunity and started with the, the right starting hypothesis that it works instead of the skeptical hypothesis saying that it doesn't, then we could have saved tens of thousands of more lives by allocating the scarce vaccine supply more rationally back when we had a a very scarce supply. And we wouldn't have ruined all these lives, these nurses who've been fired with natural immunity for not being vaccinated, soldiers dishonorably discharged. We have ruined so many lives for no good scientific reason. And we're still seeing the dismissal of natural immunity, pushing boosters and young people and other policies that are scientifically irrational, but people hold on to them because this is now a political bandwagon that public health officials got started. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, you've written a number of op-eds. I'm just reading one that uh, came out uh, last week where you wrote that the National Institutes of Health repeatedly has dismissed natural immunity by arguing that its duration is unknown but then failing to conduct studies to answer that question. So they said, well, we don't know. So we can't really say if natural immunity works, but they never studied it. Why? <laughs> Given the fact that, that that's been a factor in the past, why didn't they study it? Well, I, I would suggest that they don't want to know the results because 
Look, the study that I did out of Johns Hopkins with my research team that was published last week in our number one medical journal, the Journal of the American Medical Association, or JAMA, gave the results that many of us have been postulating the whole time. And all this research that's been done between the early days of the pandemic when they tried to challenge rhesus monkeys with the virus after infection and found they did not get reinfected to the bedside observation that people who are healthy and get reinfected don't get severely ill. They're not on ventilators with ultra rare exceptions. And all of the data that has come in, the Cleveland Clinic, Washington University, over 140 studies documented by the Brownstone Institute, why am I doing this study when the NIH has $42 billion and could have done this study instantly? And I think what you have is a loss of scientific objectivity. The science is now heavily curated. And even the CDC's own study on natural immunity, which came out two weeks ago, showed natural immunity was three times more protective than vaccinated immunity in protecting against hospitalization. Yet the conclusion they wrote fit their predetermined narrative, and it's read that vaccination is still the safest strategy. That's not what the data shows. That's what I recommend for people who haven't had the infection, but that's not what their data shows. They, they buried the lead of their own story, and it speaks to this agenda. We have the most political FDA and CDC in U.S. history. Yeah, and so they have not changed their mandates and their approach to this. But I, I want to go, and, and I, I know you speak um, – you know, what the science says, and, and this is kind of a political question, so you may not want to address it, although I think you probably will. Uh, is there a structural flaw in the fact that these policies that we've seen that have been put forth by the administration, recommended by NIH and NIAID, um, that they, you know, they're the ones that are telling, they're the chief advisors to the president, the administration, but they're also the ones providing grants and funding to many of the researchers and medical experts that might do research that would challenge their policies. Is there a structural flaw in what's happening in Washington? Yes, and that is only people who are like-minded are invited to be a part of the discussion. And we, of course, now have from a an email that came out from a FOIA request that an opposing view early on in the pandemic, which was the view of Jay Bhattacharya and other colleagues I know nationally who, who have been spot on and they've been vindicated, that the, CD, the NIH director called for a quote-unquote devastating takedown of their ideas. And instead, they just talk among themselves. I can tell you there have been private high-level meetings among public health officials in the last few weeks because they call, invite in some experts, and you know, I'm friends with people nationwide in this area. And they have these discussions, and they're in, living in their own bubble. They're not even thinking about an exit of the pandemic. They're not thinking about exit criteria. They had a sort of small vote among some of their experts about whether or not they should recognize natural immunity. The vote was split, and they decided not to recognize it. This should not be an oligarchy. This should be an open scientific debate instead of discrediting those who give different opinions. I mean, I, I thought it was all about following the science. And it now is made very clear. It, it's become very, very clear that as we have pursued policies related to COVID-19, it hasn't been the science. 
Now, I'm sure it, it factored in at some point, but it looks like it's more the politics than it is the science. Well, this is why two of the most respected high-level FDA officials last year, including the head of the vaccine center at the FDA, quit in protest over political interference from the White House over vaccines, specifically boosters in young people. And they didn't keep their their ideas a secret. They wrote a lot in the medical journals and even in the Washington Post about this sort of new world of making a decision and then trying to find science to fit it. You know, if you look at the data on boosters out of Israel, in old people, or older people, I should say, um, there was a reduction in hospitalization. And so for people who haven't had natural immunity, I recommend boosters and folks over 65. But Dr. Fauci immediately saw that data and said, this is dramatic data, wrote up a lot of policy, and then around the same time, the same Israeli population data came out on natural immunity, and he ignored it. Even though it showed natural immunity was 27 times more protective, didn't say a word. You cannot cherry-pick the science, and that's unfortunately what we're seeing now with our government doctors. The good news is people see through it. They're listening yeah. to their local doctor, and they're not listening to the government doctors. All right, Dr. McCary, I want to switch a little bit and focus on, all right, what do we do now that we know this? And, and, and I go back to your op-ed, your piece that you wrote last week, and, and you're calling on businesses and others to correct the actions that they took. You, you point actually to, uh, to some companies like Starbucks and others that are calling back employees that they fired because they wouldn't get the vaccine. So you made reference to this earlier, a lot of good people, doctors, uh, nurses, uh, first responders, members of the military, you know, they're owed an apology and we should bring them back. That's right. It's time to bring back workers. It's time to get back to work. There's a small group of Americans, maybe 5 million, who are at risk of COVID. They haven't had natural immunity and they haven't had vaccinated immunity. I doubt they're going to get vaccinated now, although I'd encourage it for them. But we can't hold up the rest of society because of that small holdout. And those people are still at risk and they still come to the hospital. But 95% of the country is either immune or low risk. And we've got to move on. People have lost the human connection, communities, churches, workplaces. Our doctor's conferences have not been meeting. We have not been talking about medical advances. We've got to get back uh, to working. And that means hiring people back with an apology. The calculus is different. Population immunity is higher. And so we've got to get back to a normal existence. And that's what you're starting to see. People are pushing back against the politicians, different parts of the country, and they're saying we need normalcy. We, we, we do, Dr. McCary, because, you know, we see we've had three variants and there's many other variants out there, but we've had three major in this country and there's probably going to be another one. And so we just have to learn how to live with it and deal with it, just as we have the flu. That's right. We've got to look, 10 to 20 percent of the U.S. population gets infected with a respiratory pathogen every year and has for centuries. OK, that doesn't mean we stop living. It doesn't mean we shut down schools and cover the faces of kids with cloth masks. It means we use common sense, which is basic hygiene. If you are sick, stay home, avoid others. And if you've been around someone who's vulnerable, be careful. So we've got to get back to some basic principles because we are going to have variants in the future. 
and we've got to learn to live with them. The good news is statistically they will be milder, and it's tough to outperform Omicron because it was so contagious. Well, Dr. McCary, I want to thank you for joining us, and I want to thank you for your work, that you took this on while the government had all the money to do it. They didn't want to do it. You did it, and it has added tremendously to the discussion and the debate, and we're grateful for it. Good to be with you, Tony. Thank you. All right, uh, Dr. Marty McCary. That's just crazy. But finally, the facts are starting to come out. All right, before we leave, um, i got just a, a minute or so left. I, I want to go back to the Olympics, and I want to play this clip from Nancy Pelosi. Um, this clip is from last week where she was telling athletes to be quiet about the b- abuses taking place in China. Play clip three, please. I would say to our athletes, you're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do to their reputations, to their families. You know, there was a time when America spoke boldly, when it came to speaking to the tyrants on behalf of those who were being persecuted and oppressed. We didn't worry. We didn't cower in the face of tyrants. We stood up to them. What's happened in America where we yield to tyrants and we're silent in their face? Folks, it's time to speak up and speak loud. Thanks so much for joining us. I leave you once again with the encouraging words the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 6 when you've Taken your stand when you've prayed and you've prepared and you've taken that stand. By all means, you're to keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 